Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. We're rolling four deep this week in what has become commonplace. I shouldn't even mention it at the beginning of every episode. This is how we roll. We are trying something new though. I'm going to introduce everybody on the pod. I'm John, with me this week from Boston, Massachusetts, Tyler Press. From Seattle, Washington, Matt Boylo. Hello. Down, down south. And beautiful and luscious, well-forested Fort Worth, Texas, Peter Boylo. <laughs> What's happening? Boys, we just got done with Labor Day weekend slate of games. We're looking forward to the rematches this coming week. I would say, without a doubt, coming off the best weekend of CFL football this year in terms of how well the games were played and how exciting they were. Um, so how are we feeling? Wish you could have watched all of them, but... Uh... Uh, yes. Yeah. Got a bone to pick with the boys at ESPN about right. not activating the uh, Calgary-Edmonton game. That was not fun. No, it was not. <laughs> I was, okay, I should say, I was at work, but still, I want to watch the games while I'm at work. So to not be able to do that was disappointing. To, to John's employers, if you're listening, he's kidding. I'm, it's a joke. It's a pod. It's a pod. It's a pod. It's a podcast is making a joke. Yeah, I was not too happy about that. That definitely sucked not being able John, to watch. before we continue. What's up? Let's speak to the audience for a second. Oh, yeah. Why don't we? Let's tell the audience. Guys, we are in dire need of listener feedback. We got to know if what we're doing is good, bad, what you want more of. We know of. it's good. What questions <laughs> you might want us to, uh, to answer for you. Send us DMs. At Shups and Preds on Twitter. Write us emails to shupsandpreds at gmail.com. Tweet us directly at any of our handles, and we will answer these questions for you so that we can help enlighten you in the in the world of CFL football. That's, um, redu- that's redundant, but yeah. Every, my li- everything's redundant. Right. But yeah, listener feedback, we want more of it. With that being said, We're going to jump directly into our first segment of the week, which is the Week 5 review. Kicking us off is going to be me detailing the absolute slaughter that took place uh, in Ottawa on Friday night. The Montreal Alouettes defeated the Ottawa Red Blacks with a score of 51-29. to If you want any idea of how efficient the Alouettes were, they had their first punt with... um, one minute and 25 seconds left in the game, uh, which was pretty freaking good. They put up yes. 51 points, most by any team this year. Vernon Adams coming off back-to-back pretty tough weeks in weeks three and four, posted 18 for 23, 288 yards, four touchdowns, added seven carries for 35 yards. William Stanback, although he did get snaked by Armando Sewell on Sewell on a uh, touchdown. He added 15 carries for 112 yards. That's an average of 7.5 per carry. Two, he's pretty damn good. Currently second in the CFL in uh, rushing yards. The two receivers who added the most uh, yardage and touchdowns, Geno Lewis had 120 yards, two touchdowns. Jake Winicky, 118 yards, two touchdowns. They picked off the Ottawa QBs three times, added two sacks for that Owls defense. They were flying. It was the best CFL team has looked all year. They were smooth. They were efficient. 
it was the best it was the best CFL football of the year I would say um, and I say that confidently on the flip side for the Ottawa Red Blacks they started Matt Nichols but pulled him uh, after the first quarter after he went two of five for 25 yards and one interception over a couple of drives insert Dominique Davis who actually had a solid game 23 for 33 291 yards two touchdowns did throw two picks uh, but I think that's sort of expected when you're playing from behind and going for it and in your first action in you know since the 2019 season he also added eight carries for 38 yards and a touchdown the other star performer on uh, offense was uh, their receiver Daniel Peterman who added seven receptions for 77 yards and the two touchdowns. So pretty solid performance there from the Ottawa receiver. Uh, Defensively, the Ottawa defense was just tired. They were beat up. Uh, Montreal was running them. So unfortunately, that Ottawa defense that looked pretty good early on in the season was uh, having a bit of a tough go. They're getting tired. They are just getting tired. Tired, exactly. They, they gave Vernon so much time to pass, dude. That he was he just just cut him up. And all those like all those scramble for a little bit deep balls that weren't hitting in the first right. few weeks were finding their target every yeah. time. It was electric. It's, it's it was fun the VA Vern- I've been waiting for. Yeah, that that's is the MOP. That was the MOP Vernon Adams that I've been waiting for. Avery he Williams of the Red Blacks has 32 tackles and leads the league, and there's a reason, and that's because the defense is on the field a lot. Which literally always on the field. Yeah, it sucks. I don't like watching this happen to um, Ottawa. I really like them as a team, and I think they're going out there every week and giving it their all. But this felt to me. Oh, you know, we should, I don't know, we'll see what happens with, uh, you think Dominique Davis is going to get the start this week against BC, so maybe for, if he can start from the beginning, it's a little more energy. But this this kind of felt for me defensively like the straw that broke the camel's back. They were putting in great performances week in and week out, really making offenses earn it, and then finally um, Montreal just cracked them open, and it was a different ball game. So yeah, it was an exciting way to start the week. Our next review will come from our friend Tyler Press as he give a, gives us the deets on the uh, game in, in Saskatchewan. Are you dusting off your mic? Uh, it was not me. Hello? Peter, hi. Hey, Pete, what's going on? What the, what the hell happened there? I don't know. We thought you were, uh, you know, just making sure your mic was nice and clean and... You just blew on your mic. <laughs> I don't did, know what did happened. Did John drop? <laughs> no, John's. Can you not hear? Tyler, just keep going. <laughs> I can hear everyone. I this can hear everyone. This might be a you issue, Pete. Peter, we okay. can all hear everybody. I can't hear John. You can. Well, okay. Okay. Du- duly, duly noted. We'll 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 speak to him. We'll 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 relay his messages. Okay. Okay. <laughs> If you weren't a fan of this pod already, you, how can you not be a fan now? <laughs> All right, Tyler, give us the deets on the game in Saskatchewan. John highlighted the best played offense in the entire league all year in the Montreal game, which was unfortunately followed by an absolute slop fest of a first half of the Winnipeg-Saskatchewan game. 
Winnipeg jumped out to a lead with Sean McGuire also snaking a touchdown from the one-yard line. He is uh, a really crappy version of Streveler. He's just in there to run, but he only runs for one yard. One yard at a time. Yeah, one yard at a time. Uh, Saskatchewan actually went into halftime with a lead off of two field goals and two uh, and two rouges, which is a mess. You had seven, eight at the half. Nobody could put together a competent drive. The defensive lines were just getting after everything in the first half, and you thought, well, first team to 15 has probably got this game. And the first team to 15, unfortunately, was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They came out, McGuire, again, touchdown snake. If you are Andrew Harris' owner, you have to be saying, what is going on? Just can't get a carry on the one. Um, Caleros, yeah. Caleros cleaned it up big time in the second half. Threw a beautiful touchdown to Nick Dembski for 30 oh, yards the best throw in the, of the fourth quarter to ice player. to ice the game. Uh, you have to say there was there was a lot of internet trash talking before this game between the teams, but uh, Winnipeg, uh, you know, they have Saskatchewan in their back pocket right now. It just uh, Cody Pajardo played his probably his worst game as a member of the Rough so Riders. Committed. 23 of 39 for 211 yards and three picks. Um, he had no time to throw. And I think that uh, watching the game, you could really feel uh, the fact that Shaq Evans has just been out for a while and uh, just no deep threat really on this, on Saskatchewan. So Kyron Moore is great in the slot, 10 catches for 79 yards. He's all over the place. He's making plays. But without that threat of a deep ball, they can really key in on the running game and the underneath routes, and it just it just did not go well for Saskatchewan. Um you know, of course, they got the curse of, of being the last team uh, without a loss. And, of course, we dubbed them the best team in the CFL. And they go and lay this we egg at home. never shared our opinions. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's just, a, just a bad look. Um, you know, the Winnipeg defense that we thought maybe had, was starting to fade a little bit definitely came back. They just dominated the line of scrimmage. Dude, they just terrorized. They terrorized. And, know. You, and you have to be worried because, you, you oh. know, it's a quick it's a quick week. And, and now they have to go. Now Saskatchewan has to travel to Winnipeg. You have to wonder how in their head these offensive linemen are in Saskatchewan. They're going to be chasing ghosts next game. So be interested to see the uh, adjustments they make on the line, to whether that's, uh, you know, William Powell staying back to block or – or what they scheme against that, or more maybe more draw plays or, or check downs, but something's got to change because they just got they got whooped. If you're Fajardo getting ready for this rematch uh, in Winnipeg, yeah, how are you feeling? Just are you ready for another 60 minutes of running for your life? Like that was some of the most dominant defensive line play by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that I've seen in a long time. They were in his grill every single down yep and uh there was a brief scare in the second quarter uh he took off uh, on a qb draw got about seven yards down the field and then dove didn't instead of sliding dove forward uh and got hammered from the back and uh and it looked like his shoulder was hurt he came out of the game for uh they punted subsequently but he came out of the game and, and he was stretching on the sideline and it looked like it could be a could be serious luckily he, yeah, he was yeah. able to stay in and finish the game but he didn't seem quite right after that so i wonder if there if there was an injury and if we'll, we'll see him on the one game injury report this week or anything like that because he didn't didn't seem to look right throwing the ball after that hit so he got beat up we'll see yeah but in the game of the weekend or the the, the high the most hyped matchup of the weekend uh you know winnipeg you know restaked their claim to be the number one team in the 
in the CFL. Next, unless anybody has thoughts on that, tell Peter I'm asking for thoughts. Uh, Peter, any thoughts on Saskatchewan? Uh, well, they're not <laughs> the team I thought they were. <laughs> I think um, I think I think they are the team we thought they were. They just, uh... <laughs> no, I can't hear. I can't hear him. It's okay. Things happen. It's, it's not that I can't hear him. It's that it says he left. So these things are all right. But on Sketch's side, I think the Bombers' defense just dominated them. Willie Jefferson's a beast, and I mean, holding them to 206 yards total offense is telltale at all. So. He's right. All right, next game. Um, I think. I think Matt, are you up? Yeah, it's uh, it's me talking about the Toronto Hamilton game. So uh, pretty slow first quarter, early Hamilton field goal. Um, and then there was a Nick Arbuckle interception, the the first of the night for him. Yes. Uh, and uh, second quarter, early Toronto field goal, uh, followed quickly by a Hamilton TD. Um, and then things just kind of just, you know, <laughs> rolled on from there. Um, it was a big third quarter, kind of put the game away for, for Hamilton. Um, punt return for a TD and a Dane Evans toss. TD to Tim White. Um, of course. Late, <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, he was the uh, <laughs> the leading um, receiver. He had, what, 93 yards. They don't even have his picture on TSN. <laughs> <laughs> He was an Olympic uh, sprinting hopeful, I think. As uh, of, triple jump, I thought. Triple jump hopeful uh, as of uh, just a, a few months ago. Yeah, so um, hands down, he's the Mercer Timmis. Absolutely. <laughs> F- fittingly, uh, Hamilton Tiger Cat getting that award. Yeah. For the second straight second, week. Second straight week, that's correct. Uh, late fourth quarter push. Uh, too little too late for the uh, Argos. Arbuckle tossed a TD uh, to Eric Rogers. Followed that up with a... Smooth little pick six to Simone Lawrence. Um, at that point, uh, Arbuckle got pulled. MBT came in, added another toss, TD throw again to Eric Rogers. But um, that uh, you know that that pick six uh, yeah. followed followed by uh, another. Yeah, they just put too much space between them. Um, so notes from this one: Brandon Banks is a running back now, and the Hamilton as Tiger we should have foreseen. Have decided that their <laughs> that their offense is going to be a super super varied uh, offense. Um, so let's see here, how many four non QBs uh, got carries? Brandon Banks, Sean Thomas, Erlington both had five carries. Don Jackson had four carries. Welcome back, um, Don Jackson. So he's back. And then what was that? Yeah, and then six um, uh, six receivers had two or more receptions um so they're just going super varied they're spreading out the field um i don't know if brandon banks has some sort of yips but he certainly got crushed on a pass early in the Uh, almost a touchdown almost a touchdown he just got absolutely destroyed i'm surprised he kept (laughs) his pants clean after that one i would have perished um but so I guess I, he's been really targeted uh, for the first four games of the season, four weeks of the season. So um, it seems like they wanted to get him out of the downfield zone. And, I mean, he, he didn't do a ton, uh, five carries for 31 yards, but he's uh, 
he was there. He le- was a leading rusher for Hamilton. And then the other takeaway is that we might have been complicit in severely overselling the Argos' confidence in Nick oh, Arbuckle. Good God, yeah, because he got pulled. Good God, did we? <laughs> we and as, so I, dumb. Well, I because he played so well against Winnipeg. Well, and who I don't. It, is it's now not the best fault. team in the league yet. It's not. It's not our fault. <laughs> because so there was odd. a lot of CFL and uh, TSN articles about Nick Arbuckle and him taking QB one. Uh, first team snaps and they're confident in Nick Arbuckle and he did have a great last game with over 300 yards passing um, I think these are two teams quarterback controversies I think Dane Evans is not going anywhere I feel the same way I am not as a Jeremiah Masoli fantasy owner I am not confident at the moment Dane Evans is which is makes me I am so interested what happened in Hamilton Tiger Cats training camp this year because you have Dane Evans, who's coming off leading them to a Grey Cup, and he gets beat out straight up by Jeremiah Masoli, and then yet comes in three games into the season and plays like this and leads them to back-to-back victories. So what the hell? How did? I, I don't know. What, what were the, Yeah, well, you, wonder, I, you wonder. You wonder what the you wonder what the coaches were, were looking at in practice. I just it's I it's so weird. I, I just think ah, they've entirely so changed up their. Um, I think they they thought they would they were going to come out with a more explosive um, passing game. Yeah, and it's that's not happened um, for a number of reasons. Obviously, Braylon Addison not being available. Yeah, um, and Brandon Banks having a really really slow start. I think has forced them to look to this kind of really really chimeric, um, like many headed uh, Hydra attack. Uh, and so I, I'm excited to see I knew where what it you goes. By I have a, I have a, I have something to say. I did a little stat, little stat here. Well, the chimeric was it was many heads and blended. I like it. And then it. the hydra was more heads even. <laughs> I, have, I have some Give me stats. The stat. I, have, I have, I have two stats. Oh my. Uh, one is that let's well let's appreciate. Let's appreciate the Tiger Cats offense. They, they've definitely rebounded. But, I mean, even if you look at the stats, you know, a, a fairly pedestrian game, only 250 yards passing, 30 yards rushing as a leading rusher, not exactly, you know, fant- flying. It is their secondary play which has put them in this position. Three of, the top, three of the top cornerbacks with passes defended, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the Tiger Cats' last two games – throwing 52% completion rate. They have the best secondary in the CFL right now. And that's all I'm going to say. They have the best secondary in the CFL. They also, also got Dylan Wynn and Ted Laurent back for this game, which meant big business for their D-line. They're, so they already have a very good secondary. So if the D-line play can just be decent, yeah, their yeah. defense is going to win them some games. So I think we're going to see... A much more balanced Hamilton Tiger Cat team that wins games not just with running up the score. I think you're going to see a team that plays good defense moving forward. I love it. And that other teams are going to have to try to run on kind of like Winnipeg did in week one and can't, you know, maybe another team that's tough to come back on. Quick take before we move on to the review of the Elks domination of Calgary. Who starts for Toronto week six? Nick Arbuckle. Nick Arbuckle. Nick Arbuckle. Nick Arbuckle. Do you, okay, do you know 
<laughs> you relay to Peter what we're asking. Actually, it's better that he doesn't know. Peter, did you even um, hear the question, or did you just say repeat Nick Arbuckle? No, no, just repeated Nick Arbuckle. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. MBT. I just don't know. He it's, comes that's in not and, correct. It's, it's just not. He correct. comes in and goes. So Peter John said MBT. And he comes in correct. and goes eight of no, twelve. No, yeah, Arbuckle's the man for a touchdown. Feature, if that was the question. Um. So I'm interested because I w- obviously I think I was higher than anybody. Peter, don't worry. Arbuckle. John's just being incorrect about something. Yeah, which is kind of my mo. Guys, can you give Peter the lead in because he's told me he's got spice for this review? Uh, Pete, uh, here you have some spice for us. Well, although I can't hear the host of the entire episode, I uh, I do have some spice for you covering the final game of the weekend and the Battle of Alberta, ending in a 32-20 win for the Elks and Trevor Harris's first win against the St. Peters in his CFL career, avenging his 2018 Grey Cup loss as he was a member of the Red Blacks back then. Loving it. And since this game wasn't showed on ESPN+, Plus, I thought might as well give everybody a rundown of how this game went. So the Stamps opened things up with a field goal, but the Elks hit the end zone first with a 45-yard touchdown pass from Trevor Harris to Ernest Edwards. And then soon after that, Trevor Harris struck again to Jalen Tolliver for five yards, which was set up by a huge grab by Mike Jones, who I will get into in a bit, had an amazing game. And then right before the half... say that we had a backup Mercer Timmis Award in... Uh, <laughs> what was What's Edwards' first name? Uh, Ernest. Ernest Edwards. Ernest Edwards. Oh. Uh, yeah, so almost had a backup, if not for Tim White. So, Continue, yeah, I, I mean, the, Trevor Harris just found everybody on the team. But before the half, the Stamps were able to put a good drive together, capped off by a 13-yard touchdown run by Kadeem Carey, making it 14-10 just before the half. And the Elks almost uh, short or closed the gap just before the half, but Sean White's field goal hit the upright, and it was 14-10 at the half, and then... Right on the other, in the, right to begin the second half, um, Markeith Ambles had a huge jumping snag in the end zone to put the Stamps up seventeen to fourteen. But after that, it was pretty much all Edmonton. Uh, the teams traded field goals after that, but then we saw a huge second down conversion from Terry Williams that gave way to Harris's third touchdown of the night to James Wilder Jr. Darrell Walker came to life. I mean, he he had a really slow. Uh, first half, but really started making some plays down the stretch. And then to cap it off, Mike Jones, the man. Who? Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. The man with a 52-yard bomb pass from Harris to cap off the night for the Elks. And, uh, I mean, it took a while for this game to get going, but um, the Elks really, really took it away at the end. Trevor Harris, 31 for 41, 398 yards and four touchdowns. James Wilder Jr. with 12 carries, 65 yards and one of Harris's four receiving touchdowns. And then on the receiving end for the Elks, Mike Jones led the way of four receptions, 107. Mike Jones. Okay. I'm so, okay. And also another one of those touchdowns. <laughs> he doesn't know, he the, doesn't know the reference? This is amazing. <laughs> he doesn't get it. Is John saying something? <laughs> no, it's no. you. It's, it's we're it's laughing a, at you, Peter. It's a hip hop party. It's a hip hop reference to an era in which you were a child. Yeah, yeah, must have been. <laughs> Please tell must Peter this review is All right, great. But on the other side of the ball for Calgary, Jake Meyer, Mayor, sorry, Who? Jake Mayer, Who? sorry, Mayor. 
Sorry. It was 29 for 46, 328 yards and a touchdown. Kadeem Carey had six carries. Probably should get the ball a little bit more. 43 yards and a touchdown. And then the receiving end, Kamar Jordan had nine receptions for 123 yards. And Markeith Ambles had another nine receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. And, I mean, thoughts on this game when Trevor Harris has the spread offense going, the Elks are really hard to beat. I mean, he just has so many weapons evident in this game. I mean, four different touchdowns to four different guys. I mean, Drell Walker and Greg Ellingson didn't even score, but even their presence, I mean, on the field was still known, just picking away at that Calgary defense the entire time. And, I mean, we'll get – some of these games, you might guess, we'll get to see him next week too. So I uh, I do expect Calgary to sort of pick up on um, those guys like Mike Jones to, uh, you know, Who? maybe Mike – oh, God damn it. Where's the blasphemy buzzer? <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I'm still falling for a joke that I have no idea what it means. <laughs> Makes it even better. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, the Elks – it, it, as I said, took him to get going, but that offense looks really good. And I mean, we've seen it a couple couple games from Trevor Harris this year. He he can sling it. It's, this is this is a good team, and um, I remember some people may have picked them to win the uh, the Grey Cup. And some smart. They got people. some. They got a little bit of a, little ways to go, but the the offense could take them there. Edmonton has to stop playing down to teams, though. Totally. Because for three quarters. And really, like even into the bleeding into the fourth, they looked they they were outgaining, outplaying, out everything, Calgary. But yet the score was twenty to seventeen Calgary with fourteen minutes left in the game. To be fair, they did had missed two field goals up to that point. Fair, but that's part of the keep playing down part to of your the issue. But part of the issue. Playing down to the opponent, right? So, you know, Edmonton has played and lost to Ottawa in a game they shouldn't have lost. This game shouldn't have been as close as it was. Edmonton just needs to get better at killing games off in the first half or the first three quarters because they're good enough to, and it's clear to me that they might even be, they might be the best team, but they're not the best team until they they learn how to just like step on teams' throats way earlier in the games because they, totally. they when they're playing like this the, the, should the be said of, great game for Renee uh, Paredes the Stamps kicker great game when when the Elks are playing like this. Yeah, this is the team that I picked to win the Grey Cup because offensively, everything's clicking. They don't even have Tavon Smith and Armani Edwards in this game. And they are absolutely rolling, dishing it to so many weapons. Yeah. They're Hamilton. Mike they're they're Hamilton. They're 2019 Hamilton. They are they they are our so our 2019 Hamilton. Just like tons yeah, of weapons, so- like flying around offense, great quarterback play. Like to me, like this is I'm getting 20 that, and that means they're going to get to the I think that they have a really good shot to get to the the championship. Uh, hopefully, it was better for them if they get there than Hamilton. But I, I'm getting those those feelings from this team. No, it was absolutely epic. Um, I think I cannot wait to see the rematch uh, in Edmonton because I feel like that's only gonna ramp up uh, how well the Elks are gonna play. So I think that this was a great jumping-off point and yet another week in the win streak. A well-coached team versus a very poorly coached team. Yeah, when do you want to do your – okay, well, here, for our listeners, Tyler, Tyler, despite Dave Dickinson having, I don't know how many combined Grey Cups as a player and coach. He's now a bad coach. He's a bad coach now. Tyler has a rant to go off on him, which I'm sure will 
uh, be well received by everybody. So do you want to do your? I'll just do my little two. I'll just do my little my little two minute game, rant here. Or do you want to do it? No, right I'll just now. do it right now. All right, okay, Dave Dickinson. Tyler, this is Dave Dickinson. The this message is for you. I hate the Calgary Stampeders. Hate. I should. The Winnipeg Boo, Bum, Boo Bombers are my least favorite team, but I think Calgary Stampeders have now jumped them for this, at least for this season, until Dave Dickinson is no longer the coach of the Calgary Stampeders. They are a poorly coached team. Another ten penalties for 105 yards, so they have a minimum of nine penalties in every game they've had this season. They haven't figured that part out. They take the lead in this game. They have Kadeem Carey again. Same thing as last week. Dude, six carries. The guy, the guy is is the third leading rusher in the CFL, and he's not even getting touches. It's ridiculous. If he just got the same amount of touches as the rest of the top running backs in the league, he'd probably be first in yards. So you have this running back who's just running over people, and you give him the ball less than ten times a game. It is brutal. It is brutal, and they're putting it on. The worst part. <laughs> they're playing with the lead for the most part. <laughs> with the lead. It's really odd. It is really odd. They're making their rookie quarterback throw 46 times in a game, and for the second game in a row, he played great in the first half, was very efficient, and then by the end of the game, his arm was done. And so he, he wasn't playing well anymore, but they kept trying to force him to throw the ball. He threw the ball 46 times this game. Completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary and avoidable. So, in fact, Kadeem Carey had such an efficient game that he had more average yards per carry then Jake Meyer had average yards per per throwing attempt. That is a hot fire stat right there. I don't know if that's <laughs> oh per throwing attempt. That is for sure. Figure it out. Stop. I will stop it. I hate I hate Calgary. Get a new coach. This coaching staff. Maybe it's the staff. Maybe it's not just all Dave Dickinson. But he's got to fire his staff, or he's got to get fired. <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dick- Dave Dickinson. This is the spice we seem- need. They are too talented of a team to be this bad. Yes, I, I think Dickinson is very complacent. I was watching an interview him the other, other day, and he just, he seems far too calm, cool, and collected. They're one and four. They shouldn't be one and four. That's it. I'm done. Love it, too, Are you sure? I'm done for now, yeah. Okay. Uh, after that beautiful rant, going over the shortcomings of five-time Grey Cup champion Dave Dickinson, uh, we're going to roll over into our predictions for week six. Uh, as everybody knows, we got a slate of rematches this week, uh, kicking off on Friday with a showdown in Toronto between Hamilton and, and Toronto. Um, I will make the first prediction on that. I'm not getting fancy here, guys. I'm picking the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We just saw them dominate Toronto last week, and they're going to win this week. Oh, now you believe in the Tiger Cats. Interesting. Last week. Tyler, okay. All right. This is a good point. What is your misunderstanding about people adapting their... No, no, no. No, this is... It's endlessly. When new information... Stop the crosstalk. Stop the crosstalk. Let me get my point out, Tyler, then you can respond. Shh. When I'm presented with new information, I often change my opinion. I feel like this is how normal people operate. You think I should be held to some standard where I can never change my mind about things? Toronto looked good. They had just dominated Winnipeg. Hamilton was coming off a couple, you know, not so good weeks. Even their win over Montreal, where Dane Evans was sacked six times. So I was like, you know what? Maybe it might be a good pick. Toronto looks pretty good. I was wrong. 
and now I'm picking <laughs> Hamilton. And guess what? I'm probably going to be wrong again this week, but it doesn't matter because I'm picking the Tiger Cats. They're going to get it done back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back-to-back. Matt, what say you? I say me that one interesting thing that I've noticed, uh, and this could be, I haven't done the full breakdown, but uh, Tyler, you you went back at one point and looked at um, home records and found out that, you know, like... In 2019, CFL if you just credit home, home records across the board, you would have won our Preds pool. If you yeah. just never, if you just, that, that was your only... Straight home. In the past two weeks, the, uh, so last... Yeah, the past two weeks, uh, the away teams, I think, have been three and one. Uh, let's see. That might not yeah, be this, true. This, no, this, this week, week they were three sure and they one. were three and one. And then last week. Um, last week, they were two and one. Two and one. Yeah, sorry. Last week, they were two and one. Cause, so, yeah. So, winning record for the away teams um, two weeks in a row. Uh, and I think that trend is going to continue because Hamilton – uh you're just gonna go get her done and i think the uh one big thing that that's leading me this way is um arbuckle uh needed some confidence Mm -hmm. in order to really get rolling and then when he got that confidence he had a blowout game but now it seems like we're walking that back been stripped from i think i think he's been you know (laughs) and that that's just tough like um I, you know, not to, I don't want to, I'm not a CFL coach. Like, I don't know football that much. Just going to put that out there. But it seems like to, in the fourth quarter, when the game is, you know, basically lost, to take a guy out right after he is at his lowest point, throws yeah. a pick six that locks the game away, to just sit him on the bench and make him think about what he's done is not how you build up no. your QB1. And I still do think that, that, He'll be QB one next week, but I think though that is or, a great or this point. Week, so. There's there's no I don't know if there's a sport more difficult to build rhythm than three down football. The drives themselves can sputter out after a moment's notice. Um, there's constant changing of players and different you know different teammates you're going to have to deal with. And so yeah, momentum is tough to come by, and the fact that Arbuckle's got halted so quickly. You know, the COVID, he's rolling and then all of a sudden, and he's ready to play Edmonton at home after a big win over Winnipeg and has to take a week off and then comes out and plays horribly. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, but I I think Hamilton will take this one. T-Press? As I've done many times this season, when you zig, I will zag. Oh my. (laughs) I love it. Toronto's best win of the season was a home win when they put up 30 points against Winnipeg. Arbuckle plays better at home. I think he. I think he plays well. Yeah, I also think that if you started. if you if you look at the game, if you look at the whole of the game, uh, I think that if Arbuckle just avoids some mistakes, you know, the, not to say they were going to come back and win the game, but you know, you take out that pick six, that five yard pick six out of that box score. Yeah, it's nineteen to twenty five, and we're talking about a much closer game, and if and if a few less mistakes, and you know. First downs, Toronto had more first downs than Hamilton last week. More total yards, um, more passing yards, um, more possession. I think that at home, that will play. I think they run the ball better this game. Um, I think they commit a little bit more to the run this game. And uh, I think they beat Hamilton in a very close game, though. 
I'm thinking, okay. I'm, I'm saying like they win by two. Okay. I like it. Toronto Argonauts. Eight? I am going to double down on T Press's take and pick the Argos as well. I, wow. Uh, Sorry, I, Tyler. I, I know. <laughs> Tyler, be, be worried. Um, no, but I think, uh, like you guys are saying, you, uh, you take away some of the the good things that happened to Hamilton, like the Frankie Williams return, oh. and you 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 give um, you well, give I, Toronto some of the some of some of the take away some of the mistakes. Play that, a right, right, game, right. The outcome exactly. would be different. Yeah, well, I think what I think what Peter and I are saying is is it, if they cu- if they just Toronto, cut if they just cut back on some okay, of the mistakes. My, ra- my rationale is that this Toronto team just put thirty up not so too long ago against Winnipeg. Yes, and. Maybe we did overhype them a little bit, but that same Winnipeg is now apparently the best team in the league. And I, I'm just not going to ignore that, especially after losing to a team that they should, I think should have beat last week in Hamilton. Uh, I don't think it happens two weeks in a row. Right. I think Hamilton's D, uh, is as Tyler brought up. Oh, you oh, think I mean... so, John? You like their D? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hamilton's defense is buzzing. Uh, I, I'm excited to see them if they can do it back to back weeks. They are. I um, think. I think but, Toronto should learn their lesson and run the ball. Try, really commit to the run this game because I think that that's the weakness of the Hamilton defense. Matt, mm-hmm. tell me your thoughts on the Banjo Bowl. Got to be week. Got to be game of the week, even though we we're just presented with a slop fest in week five between these two. Saskatchewan at Winnipeg. Who you got? I am I'm struggling with this one. Very much. I want to pick Saskatchewan. So I, badly. I really do. And I don't want to pick Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. But like that's but that's where that's where my heart's at. And I don't know what's going on. Because I don't follow my heart. When I follow my heart, it's wrong. When I ignore my heart, it's right. So I'm just gonna do what I feel is right. And I'm gonna say that a Winnipeg team that just uh schmacked a Saskatchewan team is going to do the same at home. Okay. That seems, you know, if they can do it in Mosaic. You can do anything. You, you can, can do, do it, it in Mosaic. Dude, I'm, I'm excited so... to get Peter's thoughts on Mosaic coming up short after he was so sure that the magic of Mosaic would uh, get uh, Skatch a win. But first, Tyler, hey, are you I'm back wrong. in your boys? Uh, I am back in the boys. Nice. Interesting. Is that all? You, you have nothing... Do you have no, any I, no, I, I, I think that they have to game plan around around what Winnipeg did. I think that they that they were a little overconfident in their O line play, and they got they got got. I think that they'll uh, they they ran a couple draw plays that were really effective, where they got like eight or nine yards of carry on that, and and Powell actually had a decent game running, at least in a per carry basis. And I think that they need to to commit to to draw plays into things in the in the flats, um, because that the the pass rush is going to get there. They just need to they need to 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 plan around that and i think they will so i think that uh they're a well-coached team that will make adjustments during the week um and i think they will beat winnipeg i think that they played pretty good defense on winnipeg for most of the game i think i think in the fourth quarter just sort of got away from them um the score line flattered how uh ham or winnipeg's offense was playing so uh yeah i i will ignore t press on this one and i will go with (laughs) The Winnipeg, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I uh, I put Andrew Harris back in my fantasy lineup this uh, this week, and uh, did he, he reward to, you? Seemed to have listened. Okay. Um, so I, I I mean he really did look good. 
uh, run the ball. That Bombers defense is absurd. I was I I and I I don't think I got to talk about this game at all because it might have been a post um, losing John time. But uh, Cody Fajardo looked horrible. Looked like he was a high school quarterback. Oh, ouch! Oh, like no, really, the throws he was making were Dude. so were just so. Okay, I I have I have a, I have a I have a I have a bone so I have a bone to pick with that take because the, the he was getting getting swar- getting swarmed by defensive linemen all game long. I think saying he played like a high school quarterback is a little bit. He he had I I shouldn't say he played the whole game. You're right. I should say he had he had he had moments like yeah where he just flashbacks to Servite. Yes, Here, correct. With the absolute spice, I, it's a great take, Pete. Thank you. Um, I, me, myself, will be taking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Ooh. They just dominated. They're going to dominate again. I think the scores. No, I think the score is going to look something like 28 to 18. That's that's asking a lot out of the Blue Bombers. That's not asking that much. 28 they're they're like a 15, I, th- I think that I think the one thing you'll see is this is this is this scored, this, they scored 23 I think, I think they score 20 it's 28 to 18 blue bombers I should take this time to issue a legitimate apology to Zach Caleros cuz he is right. absolutely booling his <laughs> touchdown throw to Nim- Nick Dembski this week was the best throw I've seen all season it was under pressure absolute dime right in the bread basket i had to tweet about it i was hyped it was following up a absolute bomb and great catch by drew wolitarski i don't know where Kleros is summoning this from because against toronto in week three i was ready to go well there it is that's the Kleros i was i was used to and that's what i was expecting but he had some dimes and clutch throws in this game that were so impressive so Zach Caleros uh, shouts, expect him to get another win this week. Yeah, I definitely think it's a, uh, he's playing within himself. Like he's yes. not, you know, he's playing well. Like he, he is an accurate thrower, but you know, he's, you know, he had 27 pass, 27 pass attempts, uh, you know, only 245 yards on 19 completions. So, um, He's not trying to play outside of where he needs to play for this offense to keep rolling. And with it, you know Andrew Harris back, ninety-five yards, um, it just works and it really, really works for this system. Yeah, no, he is. It, it's, an, it's an exciting team, and you know he's got seven touchdown passes this year, second in the CFL. So he's rolling. It's it's good stuff. Um, Tyler. Take us away with the uh, showdown of the ba- rematch of the Battle of Alberta, this time in Edmonton. Who you got? Edmonton by 40. Edmonton, <laughs> great take. Peter? Is any a better, better question, is, any, is anybody going to take oh, Calgary? Edmonton by 39, all prices right. So <laughs> well, actually, actually I might you go just got prices right. I might you, got, go. you got prices righted. You would have to 41 to prices right them. Yeah, but there's no way they win by over 40. No, I'm taking the Elks, man. The Elks. The there's Elks. no way they win by over 40. 39, though? It's closer to what it could be. Um, I, no surprise here, have the Edmonton Elks. They showed just 
a fraction of what their final form will be uh, this past <laughs> week. I They're actually evolving agree with that into take. the juggernaut. That I will agree with consume that. Consume the CFL. Um, I hope James Wilder Jr. is feeling better. He said he had a little asthma issue at the end of the game against Calgary, but he says all good. I don't like having uh, a running back with asthma. Don't like that. Well, the good he, thing about James Wilder Jr. is he says he's feeling good. He is the best <laughs> running back in the CFL at the moment. So um, he's dominating. But if he gets he COVID, he's first, dead. He got his first touchdown. He's vaccinated. I don't know. Let's. This is a COVID-free talk. We know uh, Pod, we know that. Um, so yeah, Elks are going to dominate. Might be. Yeah. Elks are going to dominate. Yep. God can't I wait for this. Calgary we've been, win. we've been, man- this is something we were correct about. We've been manifesting yes. it yes. all coming together. We said at some point it's all going to come together and it really came together. God, you guys are really, we are really setting up so Edmonton to, to really like, we are setting them up for a horrible week six based on how our predictions have gone, but I'm Onward. confident. I'm confident so be it. The, the die down. is cast. Now we have the only team to not show in week five, the uh, BC Lions coming back, playing at home against the vulnerable Ottawa Red Blacks. Peter's going to kick us off here, but I imagine this will be a pretty quick around the horn. Well, you know, last week, uh, yeah. no, 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 dude, I'm picking the BC Lions. I gotta, I gotta get my head out of my rear end. That Ottawa pick last week was a emotional it was one. It, it was desperation. Oh, oh, it was an emotional <laughs> pick to say the least. And uh, I'm not making that second mistake twice, uh, or that mistake, not second mistake. Well, you were the second. One. You were the second person to put Ottawa, so it was the second mistake. Oh, okay, perfect. Wonderful, but no. I, BC, I think, BC I think you may. I think you, you may be the last. Remember last week when we were like, we can see Ottawa putting some wins together. I can never <laughs> see them putting a win together. They're no, the no, 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 no. We, we said they might win one out of every three, and <laughs> yeah, another team does right. worse. <laughs> but even that, like, they I might. don't see them winning one out of three. That's insane talk. I'm, I mean, uh, Lucky Whitehead yeah. is going to run circles around that Ottawa defense. This. I'm interested. Shaq Cooper, probably I'm gonna, yeah. So I too think BC is going to win. I was thinking uh, while we were recording, maybe it's just because they're coming off a bye, so that's why I'm thinking this. But I feel like BC might be the most under the radar team in the entire CFL. They're the fourth hottest team right now, according to the Sheps and Preds power ranking. I know, but I I get where we're Doesn't mean they're not flying rankings, under the radar. But I just think, I'm talking about when I'm reading, like, you know, when I'm following the guys from TSN and the other CFL. It's the East Coast bias. I just don't see a lot of BC content. So I'm not, you know, yeah, you have, you have a lot of action between uh, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are always in the news. And then you hear a lot about uh, the East teams. I just don't hear a lot of BC stuff, but I think they could be a pretty dang good team. So I'm excited to see what they've got against Ottawa this week. Do you think it's because they have the lamest mask or the, the lamest mascot slash logo of all the teams? The lion? Yeah, it's just a lame. It's just. I have gone on record saying that a lion is an overrated animal and not even a top three big cat. But that is for another day. <laughs> I, I think it's definitely just there's there's not a storyline there there's no there's not a banjo bowl there's not a battle of Alberta no the I battle think that's of Ontario right. um, yeah East no Coast this bias. isn't a rivalry game no like you know and they don't even play uh, I think it was maybe it was Farhan somebody or maybe he just liked the tweet 
um, about how, you know, the new owner of the Lions needs to be calling uh, the Atlantic Schooners and seeing what do we need to do to, to get a 10th team in because I, the, the impressions and the hype and everything going into the Labor Day weekend is huge. And to, yeah, to be totally to not out. play to not play on that, that that weekend is such a bummer. It's embarrassing. You just, yeah. That would be a great showdown. The coasts against each other. Oh, on Labor Day. Oh, just sign me right up. <laughs> Spend all their travel budgets in back-to-back <laughs> weekends. Um, uh, T-Press, what you got here? There's no doubt about it. Um, before we get into a little fantasy talk, we got league leaders um, for passing yards. He's reclaimed the throne. It's Trevor Harris mm-hmm. currently with uh, 1,260 yards. With rushing yards, he's kept the throne. James Wilder Jr. with – Willie Stanback is really close. I think 69 he's... yards behind. No. Uh, Willie Stanback is 20 yards behind James Wilder Jr. Which is pretty impressive. And with receiving yards – one of three Calgary Stampeders in the top five. At number one, Josh Huff. He's got 374 yards on the season. Uh, he's three ahead of Kenny Lawler, who's in second place. Um, but yeah, that's a really, I think maybe to Tyler's point, you've got the Calgary Stampeders have the number three rusher. They have three of the top five, including in receiving yards, including number one, and they are one and four. It's a badly coached maybe, team. Maybe That's a badly coached team. They're the best one. They're the best one in four team in the CFL. No doubt about it. Let it stand. Are here you still as... being coached by that bad man? Let me let <laughs> it stand so here, and I am the first. I may be the first person to say this, but they're a badly coached team. Oh, yeah. I think that I have. I've heard that before, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Also, Kadeem Carey uh, has the most rushing touchdowns in the league too. And he just doesn't get the ball. Never. Six carries. Oh Six my carries God. is truly stunning. 14 carries um, the last two games, not enough. Matt, give us a fantasy breakdown. All right. The fantasy breakdown, uh, it was a good uh, good week for John. Um, 78.1 points to lead the, the league this week behind a huge 31 points out of Vernon Adams. Uh, and then also James Wilder Jr. added 18.1. So um, there were some... Guys were down. Kenny Lawler, Sean Thomas Erlington were in the single digits, um, but overall a really good week. Uh, behind him, a bit of a ways, about 13 points, was me. Um, I was buoyed by a big game out of Kamar Jordan and Eric Rogers uh, with 21.3 points and 16 points, respectively. Uh, my big miss was what could have been. I memed myself into running Nick Arbuckle over... <laughs> Um, Trevor Harris, Nick Arbuckle had 8.8 points. Trevor oh. Harris, 33.3. Ew, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. And, oh. and forgot to swap out uh, Naman Roosevelt for Eugene Lewis. Uh, oh. So Naman Roosevelt had zero points, Eugene Lewis. You could have hit the century mark with ease. 29. That um, is but unsettling. It was enough for me to get second, so... Tyler, don't change things right now. I'm reading them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I gotta go back to a previous version. I'm I'm, I'm control I'm control Zing a lot. Now. 
Okay, you're good. You I, 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 I can just go to an old old version. No, that's okay. Um, all right. So for Tyler, uh, his he was right behind me. So I was sixty five points uh, two. Tyler was at sixty three point six. Um, kind of a really uh, even outing for Tyler. Uh, so Kyron Moore eighteen point five, uh, and then. Kadeem Carey, DeVaris Daniels, and William Stanback were all within a couple points of 12. So there was, it was enough for him to jump into third. And then Peter. Oh, I got uh, last. You got last, 32.8. Uh, some, some misses were uh, Bo Levi uh, getting pulled. And Calgary had a minus one for their defense, if you can believe it. Um, but like, <laughs> like you mentioned, Andrew Harris had a good game. Uh, 14.2 and then josh huff another one of those uh explosive calgary receivers 15.5 leading you so right now uh we are kind of in a, a fairly hot race this is a good uh, race so tyler's still out in front 360.9 john jumped ahead of me he's at 328.9 i'm at 323.9 peter is lagging a little bit behind at 217.4 Oh, did it? Was it that number? <laughs> it was not good. Yeah, so that's okay. Have... That's okay. Shaq, uh, one of the Shacks is back in the lineup next week. Do we have any uh, fantasy? I would. Lo- I'm going to make a fantasy move this week oh, on the pod. Yeah, I would love to make it right now, live on the pod. Do it right now. Right I'm going eyes. to. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm forced to do this. I'm going to replace Jeremiah Masoli with Dane Evans. Uh oh! Wow! Whoa! I have to. Are you really? It's a must. Great, great. I, I need a quarterback this week quarterback, with Montreal yeah. on a bye, um, and unfortunately, I think Dane has is the starter. So maybe this. I, you guys don't know a bigger Jeremiah Masoli fan than me. Ah, myself. Maybe Peter. I've loved him since he was at Oregon. So this hurts, but he's hurt and he's the backup at the moment, and I need a quarterback. So okay, was... can, can I ask a favor? Yes, <laughs> I brought in Naman Roosevelt, and I, I don't, he's not even on the team. Can I take that back or do it? Yeah, you can take that back. We make the rules. <laughs> okay, I, I I would only if only if it's unanimous. Yeah, I, I'd like. Okay, yeah, I, I'll, yeah. I'm going to bring in Darvin Adams. Okay, oh, he's what? isn't he hurt is... at the moment though? No, no he dude, he had a huge game. Wait, he, is he, he, is he, he, led, is he, he led the available? Bombers. Is he available? Not anymore. Not oh, anymore. I just what, took a, him. what a mistake we've all made. Oh, God. Shame Pete. on myself. We're going to do another pod later this week where we all go through Peter's uh, <laughs> roster and see what the changes he can make. I could, I could swap out everybody and have basically <laughs> the same shit. Low-key, though, shouts to Pete again. Because uh, he got got some carries this week. Uh, Jashroon Antwi from the Montreal Alouettes <laughs> looks like he's legitimately going to be a good running back. Yeah. He put the wood to some uh, one person on a long run this past week. So he looks solid. Pete, nice dark horse with your uh, final pick of this year's draft. Yeah. It seems like... Uh, Snaps for you. It seems like <laughs> nobody else has really uh, done, followed in Jeshroon's uh, footsteps. So we're uh, we're looking for a second half second half turnaround. I think I'm yeah. getting people. I'm getting players back from injury right now. I'm yeah, com- I'm getting you know back into things. It's uh things things are on the up and up. That's I say that I say that literally every week. Yeah, and but then, you'll, you'll turn it around. I'm sure. We're hoping. I uh, 
I took one of Tyler's picks, which I don't usually do. So maybe, uh, maybe I'll get it right. Am I? That's like a the, beta, the greatest compliment Peter can give you. He's usually stealing John's picks because John usually wins the Pred Pool. So <laughs> the fact that he took one of mine is a uh, is an honor. Yeah. Um. So Tyler, you know you're extending your lead on top the uh, Pred Pool, but it looks like we're nipping at your heels when it comes to fantasy. So enjoy this double champ status while it lasts. Uh, I'm soaking it in. I I am uh what, 13 and six in Preds, so. You're a humble leader. Can't can't be disappointed in that. Uh, I think I uh, th- this you're, week is. I think I think I think if you guys are wrong, if you if you and Matt are wrong about uh, the the Argos game, Argo Hamilton game, and are wrong about Sketch, um, Winnipeg, it could be uh, could be over early with the Preds pool. Oh, Tyler, hold. It could be. Life. It could be. No, it's uh, it's starting to get to that point where you're building a lead that is tough to overcome anything anything more than like five or six and it's it's tough sled to get back yeah so we'll see how things go guys any parting shots uh i don't think there are any segments i've forgotten uh because we only do power rankings at the end of every month so we'll be paying close attention to make sure we bring something spicy to you guys at the end of september but anything else to say heading into these uh rematches in week six of the cfl season Excited for the rematches. I mean, but, uh, you know, I, I do like when teams t- play different opponents every week. So I'll be happy to pred different games next week. I love the, I love the rematches. They're fun, but I I'd almost wish they were spaced out by a game or something in between. Oh, really? I think the immediate rematch is way better. I, I will say the spiciest, like, in terms of, of how heated it was on the field, I think will be uh, the Toronto-Hamilton game. The, pr- the pre... That the pre- is... The pregame antics uh, between the teams were pretty uh, pretty intense. I totally agree with that. Uh, Matt, out. Peter? Shout out to all those basement dwellers. Only ways up. I'm just excited to watch games on ESPN Plus to this weekend. I would like to watch games. With that being said, <laughs> one more shout. If you're, with, if you're still with us, if you've listened to a nearly hour-long podcast, Tell us about it. Tell us how you feel. Yeah, we love doing what we're doing. We love if, this. Listen, we, won't we all want to. We all want to quit our jobs to. and move to Canada. So help us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we love what we're doing, but we want to interact with you, the listener. So, dude in Belgium, you live in Europe and listen to our pod. Write us about your feelings about it. Everybody else, or about Belgium. Shops. What? Or you can write about Belgium. Either you one. Literally, do anything. Just don't do it in French. With that being said, at Shups and Preds on uh, Twitter, DM us, send us an email, shupsandpreds at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to the week six games and talking to you next Tuesday. Peace. <laughs>